Welcome to The Difference. I'm Dan O'Donnell alongside Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. As we record this podcast, the day before the midterm elections, voters will have a clear difference before them. Will we have divided government? Right now, it is looking overwhelmingly likely to the tune of 95-98% chance that Republicans retake control of the House of Representatives. I think that was all but assured, or at least all but assumed, for the past several months. But just in the last couple of weeks, there has been a huge shift in momentum, a massive surge towards Republicans in Senate races, to the point where a lot of prognosticators are thinking that Republicans are overwhelmingly likely to retake control of the Senate as well, even though it was a difficult map this year and they are playing defense on more states, more seats than they were trying to pick off. That's usually not grounds for a big year for the party out of power, but there are a lot of factors that favor Republicans, not the least of which is the fact that there's a 50-50 Senate now. Democrats had control because, of course, the vice president, Kamala Harris, a Democrat, casts the tie-breaking vote in all 50-50 votes. But with divided government, now, I'm not going to call it all but assured, Dave, but looking overwhelmingly likely. Yeah, that's you right. You have to wonder. You have to wonder what the, the 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 impact is on the broader economy, but also your bottom line. Yeah, and I think you're right about all those things. And let's not spike any footballs just quite yet. But if you are thinking that we're that we're going to have a divided government, that means that you're going to have what's likely called a gridlock rally. And the stock market investors, you know, they they take this to be a bullish step because when you have gridlock, that generally means that you don't have any federal legislation. That gets enacted without both bipartisan support. And so you're going to look at that right now and say, where do we go from here? And there's a possibility, Dan, that, and we'll have to see because obviously there's still a veto and there's still executive orders. There has been a historical precedence when there was a Democratic president and a Republican House that things can get done. So maybe there won't be total gridlock, but we'll have to see because back when that happened in 1994, when Clinton was president, the economic backdrop was different. Most importantly, inflation was at about 2 or 3% compared to the 8 or 9 that we have now. So now you shift and say the Federal Reserve obviously is trying to get control of inflation. That's monetary policy. That, that will continue. Fiscal policy is what we're talking about. If there's gridlock and the House controls the purse strings, that means there may not be a whole lot of spending or additional spending to make inflation worse. So that is really the key takeaway right now. If inflation begins to moderate, we'll have to see into 2023 because of what the Fed is doing and because of no more fiscal spending, maybe inflation starts to peak and come back down. All eyes will be on that as we head into 2023. But at the same time, we're at, what, 8.2% right. year over year, and the Fed's target is 2%. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That's not going right. to happen. Right. It would seem to suggest to me that we're a whole lot of rate hikes away from that. And in terms of federal spending, yes, almost by necessity, because we spent, what, $6 trillion right. on COVID relief in 2020 and then followed that up with a couple more trillion led by the $1.9 trillion stimulus passed and, in April of 2021 that really exacerbated, kicked off inflation. And But don't, still- don't, don't forget, Dan, I don't mean to interrupt you, but don't forget about 
energy. Energy is a big part of what's happening with inflation because of transportation costs and the like. You can speak about this better than I, but what happened, what President Biden did when he came in about the energy bills? Right, exactly. And he actually said a day or two ago while campaigning in New York, no more drilling, no new drilling. We haven't had new drilling. It's done. Well, that was a pretty significant admission because for months, really for uh, his entire time in office, he's been trying to blame the rapid increase in the price of gas for consumers on uh, first it was greed from the oil companies and then it was Putin's price hike. And now we're back to oil company greed again with some combination of Putin. Well, this was just an admission that it was federal policy that has tightened America's domestic energy supply. Not only that, we basically tapped the strategic petroleum reserve at the same time when you're seeing steadily increasing demand. Now, that may change if we do, in fact, hurdle towards a global recession in the first quarter of 2023. But all of this, let's not forget that just a change in leadership. And I think we all anticipate, and I'm, I'm not, please believe me, I am not, you know, counting any chickens before they've hatched. I am not prematurely spiking the football, but I'm being reasonable as I think a, a political observer here, as someone with a little bit of knowledge, in that it is overwhelmingly likely we're going to have a Republican Congress, Senate and House. In spite of that, there are challenges that remain. And you kind of glossed over a little bit, Dave. President Biden is going to have a very powerful veto pen. Moreover, Republicans are not going to win a veto-proof majority in the Senate. If that were to happen, we would see the greatest wipeout in the history of elections. I don't think that's going to happen. Right. So there isn't going to be a whole lot in terms of tax cuts, yep. in terms of Republican legislation that gets passed if anything, and we're essentially just going to be in a holding pattern, I think, until after the 2024 presidential election. And, oh, by the way, if you're sick of politics <laughs> following tomorrow, following tomorrow night and everything, guess what? President Trump is going to announce he's running for president most likely on Monday, so then we'll all be obsessed over that for the next two years. Yeah. So we is, really is, are in the era of permanent campaigns. Yeah, I know. I know. it. And you can't watch anything without being just overwhelmed by political ads. You've touched on a lot of really good points. Inflation, we talked about corporate tax increases. If the Republicans control the House. That generally means that all these tax increases that were on the table for 23 and 24 go away. And that was yeah. things like global yeah. tax, uh, multinational income, uh, you know, corporate income tax. Dan, I think that that all gets swept away and does not happen. There was talk, of course, of individual tax on capital gains, that going up 5 to 8%. So all of that really it makes the investors much more happy. And then you talk about energy, for example. Does a Republican sweep, if it does happen, help the distribution and transportation of fossil fuels? Think about pipelines and exports and the like. What about the defense sector? Right. And what's yep. going to happen with the Ukraine war and, and the money that goes there? There is a lot of moving parts that are going to be in front of us, and it's going to be dependent on what happens tomorrow. We talk about this all the time. It is Annex Wealth 
wealthmetric.com, the website where you can get a free portfolio review. It's known as a wealth metric, where you can work with a fee-only fiduciary who's working with and for you to make sure you are best positioned. Because even though the situation looks fraught, despite the fact that we had, what, the single best month for the Dow Jones yep. Industrial Average in something like years. four or five yep. decades? Yep. Yeah. Eventually, the impact of more rate hikes and steeper rate hikes than at any point in American history is going to have a huge impact, and people are just going to stop spending. My guess is... They're still going to spend because we always seem to see uh, what's known as the Santa Claus rally as yep. consumer spending ticks up because of the Christmas holiday. And but into January it, and into January because pension funding as well. So that, a lot of yes, times that, that rally continues, goes into yep. January. Yep. But I think after that, you're likely to see a significant slowdown. And that is why we always urge you to go to Annex Wealth. com. Do you want me to give you a couple of predictions sure, for love tomorrow? It. Love it. All right. I think in Wisconsin, Tim Michaels will win the governorship. Okay. I do. I believe he's been polling consistently well. I think Ron Johnson will win his Senate re-election bid. He's running for a third term. Oftentimes, that's difficult to do. And remember, he actually pledged to serve only two terms. You know, can, I, can, can, I, can I jump in right yeah, there? I remember, I think we might have even been offline, but I asked you about the U.S. Senate seat and who's going to run it. And, there's a guy who is, is an Irish guy. He's got a little Italian blood in him. He kind of looks like you. He said, don't underestimate the power of the incumbency. Yes. Here you are. So that, however, works both ways, right? So right now, Evers is the incumbent. And that's the reason why you're saying that because of Michaels, because of the trend that he's been doing up until the election? Yeah. yeah. I, I think the, the crime issue is just absolutely devastating Evers. And I think... I've got a theory. I call it, it's sort of a, a, a remix, if you will, of Tip O'Neill's famous saying, all politics is local. I say all politics is personal. And if people vote the way they feel. Right. right now in Wisconsin, people don't feel safe. People certainly feel like they're stretched far thinner than ever before because of inflation, who they overwhelmingly blame Biden and the Democrats for. Evers gets a little bit of a break because nobody's blaming him for inflation, right? Yep. But they are blaming his party. So you may see the governor's race be tighter than the Senate race, which I'm actually predicting. But I think because there is just such an anti-incumbent, anti-Democrat sentiment in the electorate right now, I think it's going to be a wave that sweeps up pretty much everyone. That's why I'm thinking it's more likely than not Republicans end the night with 53 seats to Democrats 47. Right. I think Republicans will hold Ohio, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, and they'll pick up Georgia, Arizona. It, and it would Nevada. it would be it would be nice to know the Georgia outcome. You know, not in in January, right? Right, so, because they do have a runoff system. Right. So if the winning candidate doesn't get more than 50 percent of the vote, they do it again, right? right. They'll have a, a runoff. And that's actually what cost Republicans the Senate two years ago. Right. Both Republican candidates, if memory serves, eked out very, very narrow victories in the general election right. in Georgia. Yep. However, they went to runoffs because they didn't get to 50 percent. And then a whole lot of Republicans, I think, upset over the questions around election integrity. They stayed home. And Democrats had a massive turnout. 
and they won. They swept those two seats. Fortunately, one of those was a special election, and Raphael Warnock is up again. I don't think Georgia voters are going to make that mistake. I actually think Walker gets above 50%. I just I can't shake the feeling Dave, did yeah. yeah, Herschel Walker, right? Yeah, I've got our producer saying Walker. What do you mean Walker? Yeah, Herschel, <laughs> Herschel Walker. Walker, right? Herschel Walker, not Scott Walker, the running back. <laughs> yeah, right, the running back, the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, I think that again, it's going to be such a big Republican wave that the questions about, you know, some of the abortions he's had and and family issues, I, I think that's not going to matter as much as the fact that he's got an R next to his name. Yeah. And the other thing too, Dan, is work off the Tip O'Neill piece. People invest their own pocketbooks as well. And economic issues are going to be at the top of everyone's mind. Wall Street Journal just did a poll this weekend and 70% of those who responded to this poll said that economically we are headed in the wrong direction. And only 27% said the president is headed in the right direction on those issues. So economically, and people's pocketbooks are at the top of everyone's mind, and that will continue. And speaking of pocketbooks, how you invest is important. It's part of your financial plan. It's the key part of your financial plan. In what sectors should you be in and what sectors will do well under a Republican-led House? Think about, for example, energy, defense, police and enforcement issues, pharma, materials. All of these will have an effect on what your portfolios should look like and how they should be positioned as we head into 2023, which, as you point out, will be a tough 2023 because the Federal Reserve's actions have a lagging effect. Let's not get crazy, folks. Make sure that you don't invest your politics and let it cloud your judgment, but it's aligned with your financial plan. That's the most important piece. And that's why you need to go to AnnexWealth.com. We will know a whole lot more about what things are going to look like tomorrow night. I hope you will tune in. I'll be doing election coverage from basically 7 p.m. until who knows when. I may be on right until my radio show starts <laughs> Overnight. at 9 a.m. Yeah, so we will know. WISN Radio, News Talk 1130. Listen on your iHeartRadio app. For Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex, I'm Dan O'Donnell saying thanks for listening to The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of the podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.